What is up? What is happening? Welcome back to episode 143 of Skates at the Stakes. I'm your host, AJ DeVito, and do we have an episode on tap for you? Boys, it is the All-Star break now officially. There is no Islander games. There's no no overtime losses. No more uh, nom-nom points. How are we doing? How are we feeling? We're technically a little bit over halfway through the season, but most people look at the All-Star break as the halfway point, even though we've played over 41 games. How are we feeling? Ryan, I'll kick it off to you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Skates at the Stakes. Excited to have you guys with us tonight. Um, overall, you know, feeling okay. It's a weird spot the Islanders are in, a weird spot the rest of the Metro's in. Um, you know, a lot of things happening right now. Can't, can't say things aren't happening, but um, it's nice to finally get a week where I don't have to, like, worry about the Islanders or, you know, as of recently, I don't have to kind of suffer and watch them lose. So that's nice. Uh, missing Patty Wall a little bit, but, you know, it's, it's fun. Fine. We'll we'll get on with the show here. But Jake, how you doing, pal? Yeah, no, no Islander games, um, which might be a good thing in the month of January. Um, another rough one, um, as it is every year. But uh, we did get some news. Um, they might um, be getting a new coaching member. Uh, there's some speculation about that today. One Islanders are on vacation. I see Bo Horvat's on vacation. Simon wants the Bahamas right after. Um, Matt Barzell's going to Toronto for the All-Star game. He's now part of the skills competition. Um, so there's still some news out there. There's a lot of stuff we'll talk about. But um, it might be a good thing there's uh, no game for a week. Yeah, uh, the Florida Panthers game was was not pretty. I was there in person. We didn't look great. This team just constantly struggles against teams that are playing the night before, and it's embarrassing. I think we've won two games against teams that have played the night before now on the year and we've played a few this month we played three or four and we dropped three out of four i believe maybe even more we just got to get wins it's starting to get a little bit ridiculous now or should i say a lot of it ridiculous now and it's not a patrick wall we'll get into it but they did not end the um month of january excuse me the month of january like we wanted but february is a new month and they need to get it moving fast because they just keep on finding ways to sink themselves further and further down the totem pole of the very bad Metro, which is why there still is some hope. Yeah, it was a weird one against the Panthers. I mean, they were on a back-to-back. They're one of the five best teams in the, the league right now. So normally you take a point off them, um, but with you know the circumstance of being a back-to-back of two games previously that were both kind of heartbreakers against Vegas and Montreal, you would have really have liked to have had this game. And there were definitely moments where the Islanders could have taken this game and uh, had a big win. But, you know, it's just, it was a frustrating one. We'll get more into it. Jake, if you have the, can get the story of the game up here for the Cats game. Um, on top of the Panthers game, we're obviously not going to spend this whole time talking about this one game. Uh, we're going to do some mid-season check-in stuff. We're going to do some prospect lists uh, because the Athletics started rolling out their prospect list today. And uh, surprise, surprise, the Islanders have the worst prospect pool in the league. And Jake has some thoughts on that as well as we're going to cover some around the league stuff which we uh, promised to do for you guys last episode and we'll get to kind of a little airing of grievances with the teams around the uh, the eastern conference that have allowed us to stay in the fight even though the islanders i think they only won two games in the month of january which was pretty brutal but hey here's to february being better but without further ado jake do you have the story of the game up 
Yeah, and we also have a New Jersey to talk about. Um, That's right. Well, we'll talk about that as well. But, uh, you know, I thought vibes are high. It was uh, alumni night um, at UBS Arena. Obviously, alumni from every era of Islander hockey was at the arena. Josh Bailey's return to UBS Arena. It's good to see him officially back. Uh, he really should have his own night. We can get into that a little bit. But um, Florida Panthers played the night before. I believe they played they played the Devils or the Rangers. I don't. I forgot who they played. But they played the night before. Traveled to UBC Arena. The matchup was Anthony's goalie matchup was Anthony Stolarz versus Semyon Varlamov. Uh, first time all year he's gotten back to back games. Um, I assume it's to get Sorokin rest because he obviously played so much before while Barry was out. But um. He was fantastic. We'll get into that. But uh, scores first period, shots were seven four. Um, again, I didn't watch too much of this one, but um, I saw pretty much what I had to see. Second period, on the power play, Sam Reinhart with his thirty seventh of the year, assisted by Matt Tuchuk and Carter Hagee to make it one nothing. And then uh, nine minutes later, Simon Holmstrom um, scored his twelfth of the year. I was right off the faceoff. Pajot uh, lost it, and I believe Wallstrom kind of tangled up with it and then the puck was free and Holmstrom shot it um, went in the net so that was 1-1 at the end of the second period shots were 17-8 Florida so not not a great period there a third period uh, another power play goal uh, this time by Matthew Tuchuk with his 16th assisted by Alexander Barkov and Brandon Mons want to make it 2-1 uh, net was pulled with a minute 30 um, and a very very nice feed by Noah Dobson over to Kyle Palmieri with his 13th of the year to tie it up with a minute left in the third, and it would go to overtime shots in the third period for 13-7 Florida. Um, Brock Nelson had a, had a chance to score, shot it right into Stolarz. Stolarz, instead of holding it, played it. Really bad change by the Islanders, and Oliver Eklund Larson scored his ninth of the season, assisted by Evan Rodriguez and Anthony Stolarz. Um, total shots with 37-23. Um, so Varley uh, had 34 saves and 37 shots. Stolarz had 21 saves and 23 shots. They do get the Islanders do get the point, but um, didn't look great doing so. Um, Washroom was in for uh, obviously Gautier. Um Martin came back and he missed one game. Uh, he missed the Montreal game. He was sick. Pelic and Fashing were out. Um, that's pretty much it. So, you know, good on them, tying it up to get the point, but another bad change ends up costing them, um, costing them two points. It's just feel at this point. The ha-ha, nom-nom, you know, loser point joke, it was fun the first five or six times. Uh, I am beyond sick and tired of losing in overtime. They got to figure it out. Win a game, man. Holy hell, that game was so frustrating because the Panthers didn't even look that great. We didn't look that bad. It was just a sloppy mess. I wasn't really like, wow, the Panthers are really good after this game. They're a good team, but they just don't move me. They're a very beatable hockey team, and we could have won this game. I know the first goal we got was pretty lucky, so we can't say, oh, we didn't get the puck luck. It's just frustrating. They got to start winning. The second line, atrocious on 5-on-5. Five five. Palmieri has been scoring. Nelson's been, Nelson's been fine. He could be better, though. We know that, and Engvall's just bad but we'll see what happens there they got to get wins enough enough is enough at this point yeah you're you're pretty well frustrated with that game aj um after the panthers game how can you not be man we won three games in the entire month of january i know it's gonna take time for patrick waugh to 
put in his system and get everyone on the same page. I'm I'm just tired of the uh, what's it? The word salad. I'm tired of hearing all this. Oh yeah yeah yeah, things are good. They just win. I don't want to hear how happy everyone is, how positive. I do want everyone pulling the same rope. I don't care what you say to the media. Win fucking hockey games. Please. That's all we're asking here. I believe in this team. This team is good. On paper, it's a good team. Do we maybe need to make some moves? At lineup moves, not like big trades. We could use a big trade, but maybe we take Engvall off the second line, try to get something else going. Maybe. This is a good team on paper, and this team can go far. The East is so, so below average for what it normally is. That's the most frustrating part, I think, right now. Yeah, the East is definitely doing us a lot of favors and letting us stay in the race. Um, you know, the race where we could still finish as high as second or third in the division, which is the frustrating part because you watch the teams around us that we're competing against and it feels like we just need to win uh, and we're refusing to. So it's it's frustrating. I mean, like you dropped a point here to the Panthers in a microscope like it's whatever. But then over the season, it's the trend of the season. This team keeps getting overtime, can't get done in overtime. Uh, hopefully the coaching change can fix that in the long run. But at the moment, you know, we still have to wait to see the fruits of that. They go one, two and one in Raw's first week. Um, just frustrating stuff. I thought the third line with Wallstrom on it looked pretty good. I know he didn't really contribute too much to that. Paddo and Holmstrom have been really starting to find their game together at five on five. I think they're doing good. Uh, Palms definitely needed the goal. People are starting to talk crazy about him again. Like we didn't see what he was capable of last year and earlier this season he's just very streaky first line looks fine it's just you know uh scott mayfield himself had a very good game varley had a pretty good game it's just sometimes you're not gonna like it it felt like it was a tough game to win uh but you know definitely not one they needed to win but should have won and just to finish the month strong would have been nice but now they go into february and they have a very you know tight rope to walk in this next month just like last year and there's a lot of fans that want off this roller coaster now and you know with them wanting off this roller coaster you kind of can understand it maybe pushing the can down the road and trying to contend in 2025 doing a like a a retool or a rebuild but they have to pick a direction here because it's it's starting to run out or the team's starting to run out of time and it's it's really frustrating to watch yeah, that's the biggest thing right now. Like you said, Mayfield probably had his best game of the season uh, in against Florida. I'm not saying that's going to help us win a Stanley Cup as of right now, but getting him going and hopefully him playing more consistent hockey is going to be nice because he is still a very good hockey player. I know people rag on him and think he's the worst thing ever. He's not. He's been injured all year. I'm giving him a break. This break will be great for him, hopefully. And just let, let's see how he comes back. Hopefully he comes back strong. And just stop with the stupid penalties. Because if he could be the Scott Mayfield we know and love, which we haven't seen at his full capacity in a while, I understand that. We're in a really good spot. We have a very good decor. Pelic shouldn't be out too long. He's day-to-day. And it doesn't seem like it's as bad as the Bortuzzo hit he had that he got the really bad concussion last year. You never know with those kind of stuff, and we want to make sure that he takes care of his his body and himself before he rushes to come back and play hockey. That's secondary, of course, and Pulak hopefully will be resuming, resuming action as well soon. But once we get everyone back, I mean, it's a good team. It's a very good team on paper. 
I don't think Paul Mary should deserve all the hate he does get. He did score in the Montreal game. Not that that really mattered because we blew it. But he's fine. I know he's very hit or miss at times, but he's not atrocious 5-on-5, five five, and he's not really hurting the team more often than not. He really never hurts the team. I don't know. I feel like Palms, he's been good on the power play this year. I really can't complain. We need Lee to pick it up again. He did have two goals against Winnipeg, but other than that, he's kind of been quiet. They're good. They just got to get it going, and they can easily. Maybe you add a secondary scoring piece, a cheaper one, if you don't want to go all in. But they have two to three weeks after the All-Star break to really find out where we're, where we're headed. Because once we get this direction, I think everyone's going to be on board with it no matter what. I'd ra- Unless it's maybe a full rebuild, do not want that. I think if we go down the retool route, I think that's a good idea. I don't, you know, I'm not knocking it off of my head just yet. You have guys you can get pieces for, like Brock Nelson will be the most value, valuable excuse me, piece of the trade deadline. Easily you can get a first-round pick, a good player, or a top prospect. There's a lot of good options you can get for Brock Nelson with his contract retained. I'm assuming Pajot retained still has a very solid value, maybe not a first, but a second and a lower prospect. And I think Palmieri can still net a pick or two. Nothing too, too crazy, but maybe like a second, maybe a third and an okay prospect. Now that we, not that I care about building the farm system up, because I really don't. If we're trying to win now, I do not care. If we're trying to retool, I still really don't care. I don't know. We could see what we want to do, but what do you guys think of the whole retool or go all in idea? Yeah, that was the next point I was going to kind of take the pod to before we get into the jerseys. But, um, you know, my take on the matters is I think that you owe it. You don't owe it to this group, but I think that with Lula Morello um, at the head, unless you're going to make a GM change with, you know, him signing a coach to a multi-year deal, does not make you think they're going to do. Um, He's going to go for it this deadline. You kind of have to accept the fact that Lou is going to try to keep winning. I'm hoping that we protect the first-round pick at this point just because, like, it's been multiple years without a first. Um, You know, you might want to replenish the system somehow because when you look at this roster, there's a ton of depth they just need you know more high-end talent be it finally that first line winger or be it you know you're probably not getting that at like 12th overall or maybe like a depth defenseman in the pipeline who's going to come through one day and just kind of like be promising be another piece to put with no in the future but you know you have a core that's locked up for a long time and Horvat Barzal and Sorokin you have Noah Dobson who's a part of the long-term future and then you have guys like Simon Holmstrom you know some young guys in the lineup um, some guys on the A kind of making the push to come up to the NHL roster. I think you know you give it one last go here. If they fall short of the playoffs, then you can still move your Pajos, your Nelsons, um, and your Palmieri's in the offseason when everyone has cap space. I say you just make one more run with it with this group and then see reassess at the end of the year. That's where I sit. You could get a good hole at the deadline, but there's also still going to be teams in the offseason that are going to want Brock Nelson on like you know a half retained contract for a first round pick. Like those offers will still be there in the summer, so you might as well make a push. Plus, the team has their own first round pick, you know. 
they can incentivize themselves and kind of shoot their leg so that the team slows down a little bit more. But if this team is, you know, bound to miss the playoffs, they're going to miss it by a bunch um, if they don't play together here. Uh, Jake, before I kind of go, you know, next couple of games coming up, where do you sit on the whole rebuild versus uh, go for it this off this season thing? Um, they're not retooling this year. They're just, they're not, they're not. Um, I think they've looked better under Raw. They obviously need to get healthy. Obviously, it's unacceptable. They only won one of those games. But um, like I said, the process is there. Um, you know, more time under him. They'll only get better and better, hopefully. But they got to start winning. There's no excuses. Um, come All-Star break, after All-Star break, they got to start winning games. Um, the teams in front of them are kind of skidding, but they're not going to skid for the rest of the year. Um you know, if they won even one of those games, they'd be in a much better spot than they are right now. Um, I do I do think they'll buy, but I just hope Wu doesn't use the first-round pick. I think they can get what they need without using it. The, obviously, it depends what player they, you know, are looking at. But um, Lou is going to get another player. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, retool in the summer, that can certainly be something that could happen. But this season before April, I just don't, I don't see – any of these core guys leaving just yet. I really, I feel like the whole we need to have a first-round pick thing is a little bit overblown because it depends what we get. If we get a younger, talented forward, I'm not saying Trevor Zegers, but let's say, for example, Trevor Zegers, it wouldn't be a first-round pick trade up. But Zegers is a bad example. Let's go like another Romanov-type trade for a forward. I don't feel like that's a big deal not to have, use your first-round pick there. Romanov's going to be better than what that first-round pick's going to be 9 out of 10 times more likely than not. So, like, I know we haven't drafted anyone in four years, but I'd still rather have the guys that we had than have potential prospects coming up. Because out of everyone that got drafted with the picks we had, I think the only decent one so far has been Ridley Grieg and maybe... um. Polika, but technically, Polika, I think Polika was our pick. The Detroit Red Wings uh, Swedish defenseman. I believe he's Swedish. He might be Finnish, but um, technically that was our pick, but Vancouver traded it to Detroit for Hronik. I, I get like it's important to build up the farm system. Not because Scott Wheeler said so, but I, I understand. But if you're going to use these first-round picks for guys that are NHL-ready and bona fide NHL above average talents i don't see a problem with it it's a good point you're making there i mean if you're gonna get someone who's you know there was an example cutter gaudier who went for jamie drysdale if you could find something like that uh which it is rare but a reason to use the first on someone like the romanov timeline i think that would make sense um because you know you can see bo horvat as our first round pick you could see romanov as our first round pick but eventually we are going to have to you know stop using our first round pick in the way we are where we're giving it to another team to sign a guy to a contract and we'll have to start, you know, building the pipeline, building kind of, you know, having young talent coming through the system, as well as signing some guys in free agency and getting some free wins, even though it's an inefficient market. But it makes sense, um, your point there, AJ, and that's something they should definitely look into. You know, if you could give up like a third for Frank Vitrano and he's, you know, the missing piece on your top line, that's the kind of move I'm seeing this deadline. 
Um, we could go into deadline stuff now. I mean, is there anyone you have your eye on? Anthony Duclair's out there. Like, I, I just it's hard to identify a need on this team when they're all playing like jerks um, in terms of buying. Like, we could add one guy to the locker room and hopefully that they're the missing piece. But I feel like you need like two or three parts and pushing guys like Engvall down to the third line and just kind of some smarter, you know, everyone playing smarter and more motivated, which I don't know where that comes from. But is there any names stick out to you this deadline? Um, Right now, obviously, we've been linked to Trevor Zegers for who knows what reasons. If you can get Zegers for a reasonable price, I'm 100% down to do it. I think he's a little bit over. I think he's pretty overrated and overhyped. But like I said, I'm not giving up everything and you know end all be all to get Trevor Zegers. But if you could land him for a reasonable price, which I don't know what even reasonable would be at this point, I'd consider doing it. Obviously, he fits the timeline that we're trying to push. You know, sets us back a little bit. Just depends the cost. I'm interested in that. I think the more realistic option, uh, and then the non-realistic option is Jacob Chikrin. You can make a big splash and get Tarasenko. Um, if you want to make a real blockbuster, like I mentioned last podcast, I think that could really help the team out, but I don't see them doing that because that's just going to cost way too much for two very you know talented NHL players. Realistically, I'd like to take a shot with Alexander Barabanov. He is on the Sharks. He's having a very down year, a pretty bad year on the Sharks, which is, I guess, not surprising, but also not great if they don't have that many guys to put up points, and he's not putting up points either. I like his game. He was good. He was really good two, two or three years ago, I believe. I wouldn't mind taking a risk on him if we can get him for cheap, and maybe we could plug him on that second line, see how he does. He does have some offensive firepower to his game even though he has been struggling this year i think that's probably the best cheap option to go for and he probably won't cost that much yeah it just it's the short-term fixes that are gonna kill us like you know there are guys like barabanov's a good example there that you know you'd want to trade a second or a third for and hope that it can fix the puzzle it's just it's a complicated puzzle at this point and maybe patrick Waugh has someone in mind uh but it is kind of frustrating looking down the list of the names at this deadline zegris is an interesting option i mean i'm not his biggest fan but i think that's like a cool trade to make and it would probably reinvigorate the fan base you know if you want to get really creative you have like brock nelson outgoing zegris incoming something like that um but i don't think this team is one trade away from uh, one trade away from a stanley cup lou lamarillo might disagree jake any any names at the deadline like that you kind of are fancying at the moment yeah um kind of like the older options that wouldn't cost a lot um I think Zucker could be an intriguing option. I know we talked about this, uh, I believe it was like a month ago, but he's been picking up his play as of late. You could play him at the wing. Uh, wouldn't mind Kerfoot as well, but obviously the Coyotes are trying to can make the playoffs. So I don't know if they get rid of him. Obviously, Adam Henrique um, has been talked about for yet another year to see if we get him. Uh, he's a Lou guy. Um, you know, hopefully Engvall gets it together, but if not, I mean, you kind of have to. Um you know, get a second line winger because the the other two guys are kind of hurting, not completely hurting, but they can do so much better than they can with a you know capable winger. And Engvall isn't that right now. Um, you know, you could go for a defenseman if you believe you want, believe you need one. Alec is day to day, but you know his kind of history with concussions is a little dicey right now. 
Um, if you want to get a depth defenseman, there are certainly guys out there they can get, but I think they should get another scoring option. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, to talk about our next couple games coming up, you know, we're now in the All-Star break. Uh, we'll get more into the festivities and stuff like that in a moment. But the Islanders are going to have the Leafs in the first game back next Monday, the 5th. Um, Thursday, the 8th, they're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, that game is on ESPN, I believe. Um, at home, they have a little homestand here. Then they have Calgary, Seattle, and that leads up to the fifth game, which will be the outdoor game against the Rangers. So first, First, first four out of the break. How are you guys feeling? Uh, what 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 do you think they go out and do in these uh, these four? Toronto, Tampa, Calgary, and Seattle. Hey, Dale, go over to you first. It's not easy at all, man. You'd want to say they could win two of them, but I don't trust us against Toronto. I know we do play hard against the Maple Leafs, so maybe we can win that game. Tampa's been good. Calgary, we're Calgary's been bad most of the year, but so have we, so we really can't say that's a gimme. There are no gimme games, and the Kraken have been playing a lot better hockey as of late, too. So I'm going to go 2-1-1, one, and one. but one point I want to make before I let you guys go is with the um, playoffs about one piece being away. I do think that if the Islanders get into the playoffs, they are a very scary team to play against. They have the experience. They have the skilled players, I know we could use a little bit more, but they have one of the best goalies in hockey, too. They have all, and they have a good power play. They do have a good power play this year, so I know they got to fix the penalty kill, but if you get the penalty kill going and the power play still around the same, Sorokin is going to start playing better. It's a very good recipe to have going into playoffs. No, you're 100% right. It's just about if they can get there and get some favorable matchups. I put it out on Twitter, but the two best teams on the in the Metro or in the Eastern Conference are probably Boston and Florida. Um, yeah. And they're going to both be on the same side of the bracket that won't be on the Metro bracket. So if the Islanders can find a way to get into either the Wild Card 2 that's going to play the Rangers in the first round or the Pan or the Canes, or if they can find a way into that three seed, um, someone in that Metro division is going to make their way to the conference finals. And I don't really think there is any good team or maybe even besides Carolina, really good team um, in the Metro. And then you hit a point where Boston and Florida might just tee off on each other in the second round. And you could have a situation a couple of years back where we had the Predators and the Jets tee off on each other. And then Vegas walked to the Stanley Cup finals because the two teams went hard after each other in the uh, the semifinal. So, you know, that's an interesting position I can see. I see here, like, the Islanders need to get hot and get hot quick. I'm going to go with the win over Toronto. Um, you know, I think that's a must win not must win but Sorokin should come out hot like the Toronto players are all gonna have been going through the all-star weekend maybe a little bit of a hangover there from it being in their hometown we pick up Arzy we should beat Toronto in that game uh I'd say you know lose to Tampa and then hopefully sweep Calgary and Seattle but you can't trust this team to win two games in a row so I'm, I'm going with three and one here but I don't feel good about it Jake uh what do you think about those four games yeah, uh, I think they'll go two and two. I think you got to beat uh, Calgary and Seattle. They have been better lately, but I think you beat them. You actually go three and one. They are good against Toronto, undefeated this year. I think this is the last game. It is on the road. The other two have been at home, but I think they will go three and one, and they will uh, they'll lose to Tampa. 
When was the last time we won two games in a row? Let's see. Um, month and a half? Two months? <laughs> not this year. It, was, it wasn't this year. It was, it was the <laughs> Anaheim time. We played, we played Anaheim and somebody else. Toronto and Anaheim was a back-to-back wins. Um, um, yeah, Maple Leafs uh, and Anaheim, uh, December 11th and December 13th. That's just embarrassing. Yeah, not great. No, it's not good. Um, yeah, it's bad, actually. But, uh, yeah, besides that, we could get into the stadium series against New York Rangers. Uh, the jerseys were released, uh, finally. Finally. released last Friday. Um, you know, weird weird jerseys, no real Islanders crest, but they do say Isles on the front of it. I know everyone had their initial reactions. AJ, you're probably the biggest defender of this jersey I've come across. Uh, what do you think of it? What makes it special? Um, you know, I thought it was unbelievable that they decided to, like, throw out some, like, you know, ship language, which is something that the Islanders aren't really associated with. But, AJ, I'll give you a moment here to defend the jersey. It's different. I think, you know, we've always had the NY the NY logo since the 2013-14 Stadium Series. I'm sick of that logo. I'm sick of that. I love our regular logo. But it's good to have something different. It's going to be looked at as a weird jersey. It's not going to be a very favorable jersey but i'm very excited to see something different it fits the outdoors theme i know it feels more like uh what's it called more like a winter classic jersey where it's old-fashioned rather than a new new school jersey like the stadium series are supposed to be so that kind of threw me off but i don't mind it it's no it's not the greatest jersey maybe they could have used the isles logo the isles word word art logo that they had on that t-shirt and the hat a few years ago that they never used ever again maybe they could have went for something like that but i don't hate it i understand why it's weird that it says aisles but i think it's kind of cool it's unique it's different it's gonna be something that um we're gonna look back on it's like oh you know that was very weird yeah, I think it's fine. Like, it, the initial shock was just like, ah, this stinks. Um, and I think it was a very low-effort jersey. Um, but, you know, I think... I don't know. I don't know what to think. I'm, I don't think I'm going to buy one. I've thought about it. I keep ricocheting it all over my head if I want one or not. Um, they have some weird options where, honestly, they should have had these ready for the whole team to be on sale. But they only have, I think, the options are Sorokin, Horvat, Pelik, Lee, um, and I think there might be Barzals in stock, but they can't be ordered online. Um, it's definitely an expensive jersey and a luxury if you can't afford it. I'm not going to fault anyone for skipping out on this one, though. Yeah, they are $280. I get it. I think either way, I'm going to get a Noah Dobson, even if it's not there on time. This is Dobson's breakout year. Everyone knows how much of a jersey collector I am. So I feel like I'd rather get Dobson than force myself to get a Horvat or a Sorokin. I know how painful. But and I'm going to get Dobson, and if it's not there in time, I'll just wear a different jersey. It won't be the end of the world for me. But I get the how stupid and how frustrating it is that you can't buy your favorite player's jersey because they won't have it when they had the entire year to prepare for this. Yeah, and it's like, I think this might be an Isles Lab thing because I know other teams like have extensive jersey options, which is kind of frustrating, but it's also fine. Jake, any takes on the jersey? Yeah, this whole thing has been an absolute shit show, and I won't be hearing otherwise. 
they should release them before Christmas. Uh, that would have been the smart thing to do. Uh, instead, they um, they said they were going to release it on Thursday, and then they didn't. Um, it released Friday. Um, you can't get, you know, you know, depending on who you want, you can't get it in time for the game. And MetLife isn't selling it at the event. Um, so the jersey, I hated it at first. I don't hate it anymore, but I don't like it. Um, it's I, I like the back. I like the shoulder crest, but the color, you know, looks exactly like the Oilers jersey, and I just don't like the aisles across the front. It is different. I, you know, I am glad they, you know, it's not like similar to the rest, um, but I think they could have made the front a little bit better. I personally, there's no chance I'm buying it. Um, but I, I've been saying this all week. As long as they win while wearing it, I can I could care less what it looks like. Yeah, I like it compared to the other ones too. I don't like the Devils one. Um, I don't like the Flyers one. The Flyers one. It's not the, like it's the, not the worst jersey. one. Flyers it isn't one. the worst one. I think I think the Flyers one's literally a Flyers jersey. Yeah, like. They've worn that variation like at least a few times. Um, the double one's fine. I, you know, that's probably two A and two B. And the eight save the Rangers one's pretty nice. Yeah, the Rangers one's good. Which surprise, surprise, the original six team got the best one. But whatever. Yeah, it's just uninspired to me. But you know, if they win in it, that's all that matters. Good point there, Jake. Uh, before we go into the prospect stuff, um, just kind of following the timeline here. Um, so that was the first kick of the nuts last weekend uh, before the so the jerseys dropped on Friday. And just kind of seeing them felt like a kick in the nuts that we didn't get an inspired jersey. And then the second kick of the nuts happened later that afternoon where Zach Parise signed with the Colorado Avalanche. And Zach's not coming back. And for me, this sucks. I respect Zach Prize. Going to be nice about it. I mean, I, I kind of fought it off until the last minute, but he deserves to go to a contender. The Islanders aren't quite that at the moment. Um, sucks that he told us he'd come back and didn't, but, you know, it's it's his last ditch effort to win a cup. I can't really fault him too much. It's yeah, Friday, Friday was a horrible day. Uh, Jurgen Klopp. Dropped his announcement in the morning, and then Zach Parisi uh, at night said he wasn't coming back. Uh, was to be expected. Elliot was talking about it. Um, so, you know, he kind of knew coming down it wasn't going to happen. And, you know, um, th- this is probably his last year. He obviously wants a ring. Signing with the Avalanche makes a lot of sense. Um, it sucks. You know, he he would help this team a whole lot, um, but he's not here. Um and I can't wait for the Islander Avalanche final, the custody of Zach Parisi uh, event. But, uh, yeah, um, pretty sad. It's annoying. It's weird because Pajot said, like, they all went out, or some of the guys went out with them when they were in Minnesota, and none of them had any idea he was close to signing, so he was really holding his cards to himself, which maybe some of them knew and maybe Pajot didn't. I don't know. I'm not there, obviously. The way they make it sound, it seems a little bit shady. I'm not calling Parisi a traitor. He did say he was going to play with the Islanders or nowhere else, and now he's going to Colorado. I get it. We're not good. I'm very happy for him, but it is a little bit weird and shady. But I'm rooting for Parisi, and if the Islanders don't win the Cup, I do want the Avalanche to win the Cup even more now. Yeah. Good for Zach. I mean, like, it sucks it's not going to be here, but if you had watched this team in January, would you sign on for your last run at a Stanley Cup being here? I, I don't think anyone would. That's fair. Um, 
it's frustrating. But maybe if the team was better in January or they fired Lane Lambert after the Sharks game, maybe he finds his way back here. But it sucks that Zach's not going to be here. Um, and we have to deal with more Wallstrom, Godier, um, Engvall kind of mix there. But it's, get him back. Um, it's closer to his family, too. So I believe his family's still in Minnesota. So that's, that aspect I get as well. But, uh, you know. We'll get the mid-off between those three wingers for the rest of the year, unless unless they upgrade, uh, which hopefully they will. Yeah, it would have been a nice prefix to a pretty big issue for the team. But, hey, maybe he was a good leader last year in the room. But, you know, without further ado, we could get into the prospect segment. So the New York Times Athletic has put out the first iteration of their prospect list for this season, and we're going to do a little game called uh, Prime Jakey versus Scott Wheeler. So we're going to go through Wheeler's prospect rankings for the Islanders, which we were ranked the worst pool in the league. I think, you know, that's not something to get too upset about. I saw some people get mad at, but like, I think most people are in agreement us, Boston, and Ottawa are the three worst pools in the league. Um, You know, two teams from trying to contend a lot, and one team from just kind of inept drafting the past couple of years. But, you know, we'll, we'll get in the list. Before we go, AJ, and before I start turning over to Jake a little bit more, uh, where do you think of our prospect pool at the moment? Anything you're, like, excited about with it? Do you think it's underrated, overrated, properly rated? I mean, I think it's properly rated. We're bad. It's not great. I have faith in Ishikov, who wasn't considered on the list because he was too old. But also Simon Holmstrom is on the list. It makes that stuff makes no sense to me. Ishikov could be a good NHL player. We don't really know what he is. He's undersized, so there's always a concern there. Dufour is being underrated once again because he was out for most of the year for unknown reasons. Other than that, like Danny Nelson's decent. Danny Nelson could be good. He didn't really wow me in the juniors, but he's fine. Quinn Finley could be fine. There's really no guaranteed NHL talent. Maybe Odelius, but he's hurt right now. So there's really nothing that's too heavily cooking, but we'll see. Um, This is a price we paid, and I'm more than happy to have Alexander Romanov than twerking for prospects that may not be good in the NHL. Bo Horvat as well. And Bo Horvat. And Kyle Palmieri. And Gigi Pajot. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like, to varying degrees. I, I know Frank Nazar is starting to turn things around, but you still needed a defenseman, and, you know, Robbie's still part of the long-term picture here. And you make the Horvat trade as we hit the one year of Horvat. Um, you know, you make that trade every day of the week. Like, that's still a great deal, um, especially with Bratu kind of floundering over there, which one of the premises of the list was the Islanders are worse off for not having Aturatu, which is like, True in theory, but also eh, like eh, he doesn't really do too too much for you. Uh, but without further ado, it's time for the prime Jakey prospect list. Jake, without further ado, who's number one on your list? Before I get to number one, I did make um, kind of like a change. Uh, if you don't like it, I could care less. It's my list. Um, I do not consider Simon Holmes from a prospect. He was on the list, but he's played. About a year, you know, by the end of the year, he'll have a year and a half under his belt. Don't count him as a prospect. So I did sub in Ruslan Lishikov because he hasn't played an NHL game. So I did swap those two. So it's going to be a little weird, but that's how I did my list. Um, number one, it was a tosser between three guys, but I did pick William Dufour. Uh, in 28 games this year in Bridgeport, he's got 10 goals, four assists, and 
that's good enough for 14 points in 28 games. Uh, I believe he is among the leaders in the NHL in power play goals. Uh, I saw that a week ago. Um, so he is obviously playing well on the power play, which the Islanders could need in the future. Their second unit really isn't that good. So if Dufour is does get called up in the future, um, he obviously can possibly contribute there. Um, obviously, when you talk about William Dufour, the first thing you kind of have to mention is his shot. He's a very good shot, very good release. Um, he is working on his skating. He worked on it all offseason. In preseason, it did look a lot better. Um, I believe we were talked about that a little bit in his article. Um, I obviously, you know, I try to watch Bridgeport when the Islanders aren't on. It's hard enough as it is. So uh, obviously, Wheeler has more tape than I do, but this is just, you know, from what I've seen, what traits they have, that's what this list is kind of based off of. So, Dufour's first for me. Um, you know, he was out for a little more than a month. Happy he's okay now. He's in good spirits. And, you know, since he's come back, he's been one of their best players, uh, which is what we, what, we, what we really wanted to see in his second year. So, Dufour is number one on my list. Yeah, good stuff. I mean, he came off as number three on um, on Scott's list. You know, I don't think Scott Wheeler is the best prospect evaluator. I'll just be clear about that. But his reports on Dufour were, as Jake said, pretty pretty unbiased and pretty reasonable. Um, he said that he had a very good first pro season. He's starting to kind of work on his skating and hit the strides that he needs to take. Not being the quickest of feet, but having being able to, you know, be a little bit more fleet-footed out there than he was in juniors, as well as playing that powerful role um you know a modern power forward game and he projects to be a solid complementary depth wing in the nhl i think that means like second third line projection and you know at the moment that that's where i'd have do for like you know middle six kind of wing uh anyone have like a different kind of potential on him i don't know about first line or second third i can kind of say i think he's a perfect not perfect i don't know why i said that I think he's a good third-line scoring winger. I think if you get that out of a fifth-round pick, I think you're pretty happy with that. Absolutely. Uh, but now, Jake, to kind of consolidate this exercise a little bit, um, second and third on your list, uh, Quickfire, who was number two and three? So number two was Callie Odelius. Uh, Ten games, he has four assists. Obviously, he's been out for a few months. I believe he's rehabbing in New York, or at least he was in December. Uh, hopefully he comes back soon, but I think he has the potential to be a top four D man. He's very, he's a very smart defense. Means a really good skater. Could bring more offensively, but I thought he had a very strong start to the year last year. It kind of took him a while to get going. Was slated to be on the Swedish World Junior team, but obviously got hurt. Number three, I did put Russell Nishikov. He is getting up, up there in age. I believe he's twenty three or twenty four. So, you know, by the time you get older and older, you're not going to be classified as a prospect anymore. But I put him on this list. Um, in 40 games, he's got 13 goals, 20 assists, and 33 points. He's been Bridgeport's best player. Uh, I hope he gets called up eventually um, just to show off that skill. Obviously, people knock his size because he is a short king. He is pretty small, but, you know, the skill is there. Um, the skating could be a little better for a guy his, you know, a guy his size. You know, he's not as fast as he maybe should be. That, that could be a knock on him, but the skill – and what he could do on the ice is pretty next level. And he's continuing his development. I think he's been better than last year. So he's number three on my list. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that, you know, they don't include Ishikov, which, you know, a younger version of me would have been getting very mad at the list structure. He is a 24-year-old prospect, so can't get too mad about that. And, you know, Wheeler's had various Islanders misses in the past, so I'm not, like, too mad about him being excluded. The Holmstrom inclusion is a little bit weird, but I think that's fair. Odelius was our top prospect for Scott. He's very high on him. He sees kind of like, you know, middle pair defensive projection. Still think he has a lot of upside to his game. I've cooled off a lot on Odelius. I thought he was the best prospect in our system, as did most prospect writers about a year ago. Um, he's less dynamic than he was projected to be. That's something that seems to be a common thread. But everyone does kind of agree that he will be an everyday NHL defenseman at some point. And, you know, he's going to hopefully take the leap next year, but he keeps getting injured and getting kind of in his own way there. Um, and Ishikov I'm also high on, but he's kind of at the five-yard line to make the team, and we'll see what happens with him. So now, Jake, what is your four through six? So number four is Danny Nelson. Obviously drafted him in the second round last season, uh, playing at the University of Notre Dame. Was on the gold-winning United States um, World Junior team, playing on their fourth line on their penalty kill. Um on there he was out there to preserve a lead but this year he's been very good for Notre Dame in 22 games he got seven goals 12 assists uh good enough for 19 points he's been very good for them the very responsible center uh very good on the PK his, his vision and IQ are pretty much the best part about him um this is my Pajot replacement it really is uh, I think he projects as a good third line center could he be a second line center that might be a little bit of a reach but I think he projects as a good middle six center who can help out on your PK and uh, hopefully, you know, he can get to 40 points a year, but I think he'll, he'll be in college for a little bit longer. And then when he signs his entry level, which I don't think he has yet, pretty sure he hasn't. Um, he can hopefully contribute for the Islanders. Number five is Matt Maggio. Big drop for me this year. Um, and I can't say it's not earned. He has been pretty bad this year for Bridgeport and his kind of first pro season in 32 games. Is five goals, five assists for ten games, uh, ten points in thirty-two games, um, making rookie making rookie mistakes a lot. Um, from what I've seen, um, the skill is good, the IQ is good per Wheeler. I believe I read that today, but uh, the production isn't going there. It doesn't help that he's playing with two idiots. He's either playing with Jeff Kubiak or uh, another fringe AHLer. Um, well, Dufour and Chicago play with. AHL legend Otto Koivla. Uh, Maggio hasn't gotten that. Uh, lucky he doesn't get ice time, so the production might be down because of that, but he's making rookie mistakes, and he's getting scratched sometimes. So uh, He drops here, but he's still pretty young. I still have faith in him. I think he could be a good bottom sixer. Number six is a guy who's Wait, unsigned. But what mistakes, are, what mistakes is he making? Explain rather than... Make, I mean, he's making a lot of rookie turnovers, and you know you can tell he's not completely ready for the AHL. Um, just making simple mistakes that a rookie would make that he's going to have to cut down if he wants to be in the NHL. Okay. Number six, um, a guy who was unsigned, but we did draft him, so he will probably be available to sign this summer for us or a different team. They got to get this guy signed. Alex Jeffries, he was hurt to start the year at Merrimack, but since then he has been low and far and away their best player. In 16 games, he's got 12 goals, seven assists for 19 points in 16 games. Um, another guy who's just a smart hockey player. I believe we were talking about him a little bit. You'll have to 
refresh to my memory where he was placed on that, but I think this is a guy who can be good for our system. Again, another bottom sixer, you know, like a lot of these guys on the list, um, which is why kind of the honors are ranked so low, but, you know, this guy has, you know, exceeded my expectations. A lot of people talked about him being a good pick at the time of the draft, and he hasn't really done anything in years past. This year he's really performing, so hopefully they get him signed, and if they do, they can have another uh, good player potentially in the fold. They got to get him signed. Yeah, a lot to unpack there. Those are probably three of the more exciting names in the system right now for varying reasons, or I guess polarizing would be the better way to put it. But Danny Nelson, really good performance at World Juniors this year on your title-winning USA uh, youth team. Um, you know, Danny's good. I think Danny projects to be a 3C, a good two-way center. And if the Islanders have some lean years, maybe he'll be able to get up to a 2C, um, you know, with Brock Nelson out of the fold. I think he'll be able to have that path to a second-line center, depending on who else is in our system. He's really the only center that you'd consider a legit NHL prospect. Uh, Justin Heald might wind up being a winger at some point, but um, maybe Jake will get to him. Uh, but, yeah, then comes the Maggio question. In which AJ, I know you were the big Maggio guy. I'll give you the floor in a second here. Same age as for first pro season, a lot of pro kind of, you know, stuff are adapting to the pro game. Uh, I've seen the same thing on Twitter about the turnovers, but he is playing every night, and Bridgeport, for the most part, is, you know, committed to him under Kowalski ball. Uh, we'll, we'll see how Maggio is able to turn around. I want to give him the full season before making any judgments, but uh, Nelson stands on Wheeler's list as our second best prospect. Scott is very high on him as a two-way center. Said he was considered one of the best skaters of the 2000 class of 2005 babies. Uh, so people born in 05. Maggio, he's still very high on, says that this is a kind of a learning curve to his game. And then six, Alex Jeffries. Wheeler comedically says he considered putting him higher. Uh, and that depends on if he goes to the draft or, or if he signs with the Islanders. He's 22 years old. He has a very good toolkit, Alex Jeffries. A lot of people within the Islander community are high on him. But but uh, AJ, I'll go over to you. What, what do you think about Maggio? Do you think he's still kind of like your top prospect here? Uh, what, what do you think about the uh, the Italian stallion here? I mean, to be honest, I haven't watched a single game of Bridgeport this year, so I really can't comment. I've been trying to watch the big team be good. I've been failing to do that, too. I'm planning on going to more Bridgeport games. I went to the PWHL game over the weekend in Bridgeport. That was a lot of fun. The drive's not bad, so I think I'm going to try to do... Maybe a game every two or three weeks when the Islanders aren't playing in Bridgeport. Uh, I do want to pick up a sound, ooh, no, not sound Tigers, uh, Bridgeport Islanders jersey. If they still sell the Fisherman there, I would like to get a do for. I mean, I just want to see Maggio in person before I give a false analysis. I haven't watched him, so I feel like it would be not justified for me to say he'll be fine, he'll be great, and rah-rah when I haven't watched at all. Maybe do for is one now, so... I've watched. Like he, he is fast. He, he does have good legs under him, and he does make an odd good play. But you know, he's nothing super remarkable down there yet, which is kind of disappointing. I believe they still sell it because they wear it as their alternate, so they should sell those. Um, oh. Yeah, they they they're, they wear those jerseys. I believe a lot this year. Yeah, I will yeah. spend big money on that, or I'll try to get a game used do for or Maggio jersey. We'll see. I made a joke to to Frank that I was going to get the most friend, most you know, AHL guy on there, um, like a Jeff Kubiak jersey, but um, I'm not going to do that. 
the Jake's um, pretty active. Cool dog, but who's your seven to ten, Jake? Uh, a little bit quicker here as we end out the list. Yeah, so number seven, I have Isaiah George, uh, five goals, seventeen assists, twenty-two points in forty-five games. Similar trajectory to where he was last year. Um, from what I remember, Wheeler was very low on him. I just think he can, you know, he doesn't get a lot of ice time from what from what I'm hearing. Uh, he could do a lot more, but the London Knights um, defensemen um, are all very talented, so it's kind of hard for him to shine away and get playing time. He did have a really good rookie camp for the Islanders. He is under contract. Uh, hopefully, the end, I believe at the end of the year, the plan was for him to come to Bridgeport. So hopefully you can see a little bit of him at the end of the year and maybe another good rookie camp for him next year. I think he's um, a good, could be a good top six, you know, AHL top two defenseman. Um, you know, he just, you know, had, can't really prove it in London. Number eight, I did go Jesse Nurmi. It was a flip-flop with this and someone else who was number nine. But I think Jesse Nurmi is very skilled. He just keeps getting hurt and kind of teeters between the big club uh, where he's in Finland and small club or the AHL of Finland. Um, when he's in the AHL in Finland, he plays very well, but in the big club in 14 games, he only had one assist. But um, I think he was supposed to be in the more junior team, but you know he obviously got hurt. He's out for... I believe another month or two, so we'll see what happens when he gets back. But I think he's a very silky player. Um, but again, you know, the size uh, could be an issue. Uh, I believe he's 5'8 as well. Number nine, I did do Quinn Finley. was on also on the USA team, scored a few goals, and was also on the penalty kill. Played with Nelson a lot on that fourth line. Very fast player. Um, again, size is the issue here. He's 5'7". Uh, just had a 4.9 the other night. Um, there was a month where he was cold for a while, but now he's heating up again. Nine goals, five assists, and 14 points in 22 games at Wisconsin. We'll see if he goes back there next year. Uh, we'll kind of see what happens, but, you know, he is very fast. Um, could be a fourth liner. Uh, if not, he will might be an AHLer. And number 10, I was between three, and I just decided to give it to Justin Gill to kind of appreciate what he's doing this year. I don't know too much about him. He was uh, the Maggio pick where it was just an overager. That was going to go back to the QMJHL, but he's got 26 goals, 41 assists, and 67 points in 44 games. So he's having a hell of a year. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, he'll probably be at the AHL at the end of the year, just because he's getting up there in age. You kind of want to translate your game over to the professional level. So that's my number 10. Uh, guys, I was thinking of was E2 Lucas. He's been really bad this year. That's why I didn't pick him, but I think he could be a fine fourth liner uh, or just someone you can call up to play on the wing if you need. And I think Zachary Scholes has been a very good defensive defenseman. Uh, from what I was reading, he was um, picked in the seventh, sixth round uh, last year. Yeah. So that is my, uh, that's my prospect list. Sounds good. Thank you for your service, Jake. Um, you know, just looking at it from Wheeler's perspective, he had Isaiah George 12th. He probably has a bit of a closer eye on him than us, but we got so many good reports out of him um, as the season wrapped up or the preseason wrapped up that we thought maybe he had a chance of making the roster or at least making the AHL in the next year. So we'll see where Isaiah George goes from there. Um, Nurmi was Scott seventh, so pretty much in alignment with Jake there, lockstep. Uh, Quinn Finley, which was Jake's nine, was eighth on Scott's list, and Justin Hill was ninth. So, really, the only thing was Holmstrom uh, got pushed down, and then, you know, Jake, Jake and him just had Hill flip nine and ten. So, similar alignment. It's an okay prospect pool. Um, you know, is it any better than we were a year ago? Yeah, 
Not really. Um, you know, all you're really losing there is Ratu and Holmstrom's prospect status. If you take it back like four years ago and, you know, there was guys like Hosang in our system and uh, Michael Dow Cole. Yeah, it was a pretty stacked system, but none of those guys broke through. I think, you know, under Patrick Wall, like some of these guys like Dufour, um, like, you know, maybe in the near future, Maggio and Nelson and Ruslan Ishikov, they can all step into the system and play. I think under Lane Lambert, none of these guys would have been really set up for success, but I think the new coach kind of helps them. Um, before we go into kind of the other coaching news for the Islanders over the past week, AJ, any thoughts on prospects? Uh, do you want to give your top three quick and off the cuff? They're certainly human beings. Um, I'll go Dufour, Odelius, and Maggio. Solid. Yeah, no, that's that's a good ranking. I mean, i probably go Dufour 1, Nelson 2, and then probably Jeffries 3. I don't know if that's too hot, but if they can sign this kid, he's going to be really good. Um, but I don't think they're going to actually be able to sign him because he's a 22-year-old. And we know kind of how those go. Um, but besides that, uh, the other Islanders news of the week, Chris Johnson kind of alluded to it this week. But uh, Patrick Ross, right-hand man in the AHL, or the uh, QMJHL as a coach down there, uh, Benoit de Rosiers is going to be coming to Long Island as an assistant, it looks like. The team put out a statement last week that they hadn't had direct content with Des Rosier yet. Uh, we'll see if this becomes official in the next couple hours, but Chris Johnson did report that he is most likely going to join Patrick Waugh's staff. And I think they were probably, you know, Lou probably met him in Montreal last weekend and maybe had to iron out some contract details and he'll rejoin the team in the new year but or the second half of the season. But just an interesting moment here, the Islanders having to refute some thing um i know no one probably has any thoughts on this but if you had to pick one between mclean and um why am i blanking on the other guy's name hoda um, hoda yeah doug hoda uh which one would you remove from the bench because my money is easily on hoda yeah that's so great yeah i guess who i mean i don't think it really matters but hoda yeah yeah um Huda. Power plays and better than penalty kill, and you don't want to upset Kyle. So, <laughs> Kyle's good. Um, Kyle's good. Kyle's a solid player. He's impressed me. Um, he kind of is, you know, not as good as Sezikis, but plays very similar to him. Uh, the, the hashtag data has looked very good, and he's going to, I believe he got sent down to Bridgeport, but I believe that's just to get him games because Bridgeport played three times this week, and the Islanders obviously play none. They play three times? Yeah, I think they play tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday. Interesting. Hell yeah. Go Bridgeport, go. Um, also, the AHL All-Star game is coming up soon, so I don't even know who we're going to send. Um, um, issue made it. Issue made it, good. Good, good, good for stuff. Hopefully, he joins the big team soon. He's the closest, probably, of any of them. But I think Dufour might uh, might be a, worth another shot after last year's disaster against Boston, just to give him some games. Uh, but that's prospect talk. That's pretty much everything I have on my plate. Islanders. Anything else, Islanders adjacent? Before we pull out into the kind of the Eastern Conference here. Nope. I don't think so. 
Hell yeah. So we'll get back to the Islanders probably after the All-Star game. Um, oh yeah, I guess we could do that quick. Matt Barzal, Islanders All-Star, we've talked about a few times. Dobson probably robbed, um, but I don't think anyone's fighting too hard about it. Anyone have any serious gripes with our All-Star selection, or should we have multiple this year? Yeah, we definitely should have had multiple. Uh, Bo Horvat's better than Vincent Trocek. That was just stupid. Dobson should have been as well. Uh, I'm not saying we should have had all three, but two of the three definitely should have been in. And um, you know who's the happiest person that Noah Dobson didn't make the All-Star game right now? Lou Lamarillo. He does not have to fight that as a bargaining chip in his eventual RFA talks this summer, hopefully. Yeah, no, Dobson's going to cost a lot of money, and it's going to get real expensive really quick. Um, and, you know, can't see the or don't need the price going up too high. But we'll go through the Eastern Conference now from worst to first. Um, this will kind of give us a chance to talk about how unserious the conference is at the moment. Um, <laughs> but starting in dead last, and I have a question that comes with every one of these teams, too, to kind of set the table. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have a 15-24-10 record, uh, 40 points on the season negative 37 goal differential um did last year's columbus blue jackets have the worst off season of a modern nhl team within the cap era um you know that that's the question i want to set the table with here as they traded for ivan provorov signed damon severson to a seven-year contract and then i think had a patrick line extension kick in um you know they're kind of in hell right now they had to fire mike babcock and go with uh, another coach whose name's escaping me at the moment but aj i'll pass this question off to you first pascal uh, does it get much worse than this um this columbus blue jackets team um, no, no, the coach is Pascal Vincent. Um, yeah, they probably had one of the worst off-seasons of all time. Partially, I mean, I guess hiring Babcock was their fault. They should have probably not hired him to begin with, but thankfully they did, or else they would have had Patty Wah more likely than not. Um, they stink. The only good thing, I guess, that takes that away is they obviously got Fantilli, and Fantilli's going to be a very good player for a very long time, but... You know, is it going to be the Rick Nash effect where they have a very good player that can't win because the rest of the guys around him are crap and it's just kind of a cursed team? I don't know. Uh, prayers up to Patty Line. Hopefully he's doing better. We don't really know what's going on there, nor should we. We'll see. Fantilli's fun. Cylinder's been a bit better. Ken Johnson's fun. The rest of the team's kind of eh. Zach Rinsky's good. they got to get their stuff together. A lot of... You know, the Elvis Merz Lincoln's drama is also really not ideal to hear about if you're a Blue Jackets fan of him saying he doesn't care if he gets traded. He just wants to be a. He, I think he said his exact words he didn't want to get traded, and then two days later, he sends in a trade request and makes it formal. He's not getting the number one minutes he thinks he deserves, and he's not a number one goalie at this moment. We'll see. He had his little Mickey Mouse run 2019, I believe that was, where he was one of the hottest goalies in the league. Has not been the same since. Yeah, David David Zurich also is making a little bit of noise about a trade. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll see where that goes. I would love Zurich. Uh, That'd be really good, actually. It's never going to happen, but he probably shouldn't be in the AHL. He definitely shouldn't be in the AHL. If you're, if you're a crap team and you're putting your best prospect in the AHL, what's the point, man? Give the fans something to watch. I get like you want him to develop and you want him to dominate down there. But he feels, at least, that he was good enough to continue playing in the NHL and would rather grow there, which is fair for him. But also, you're still just a younger kid, a younger player. You do have to listen to your management, even if it's Jarmo Kekalainen, the most overrated GM 
one of the most overrated GMs in the league. You know, everyone hypes up yeah. Jarmo, and they have not. They've only won two series, and that's when they went literally all in and haven't won anything since because all those guys walked away. Yeah, you're kind of burying the lead there. But, uh, Jake, the second question to you. Does Yarmo kick line and survive this season from hell? Um, you know, if it was any other regime, I would say no. But the Columbus Blue Jackets are very dumb as a whole. So it wouldn't surprise me if he did, but he's put them in a very deep hole. Yes, there's some solid chips there. Obviously, um, Juracek, um, uh, Adam Fantilli is very good. Um, Cole, nah, I can't call Cole Sillinger good with a straight face. Ken Johnson. Bad. Cole Chinnikov's, Sillinger, man. Uh, Igor Chinnikov's pretty young. He's 22. Marchenko's been solid this year. There's no goaltending, but there's some solid chips there. But contract-wise, Goudreau, Provorov, um, Severson, all really bad contracts. So um, I would fire him. I don't think he survives, but, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he comes back. We also have to mention how Cole Sillinger has the biggest fumble probably of 2024. Yeah. Yeah. He was dating Tate McRae back when she wasn't as popular. Um, and now she's one of the bigger pop stars. At least we see her with hockey a lot. She is Canadian. She's definitely one of the biggest, if not the biggest Canadian, excuse me, Canadian pop star right now. And he fumbled that by cheating on her. So hold a uh, typical Columbus moment. I would imagine Mike is probably upset. I yeah, kind of forgot that Mike's good for a minute. I don't yeah. like him. He was not at alumni night. He was not, <laughs> nah. He couldn't show his face. He could probably, he could probably go to like 12 alumni nights for different teams. He could. Uh, 14. He could. He many teams. 14, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. To switch up to the next team, and Jake, the first question's coming for you. We have the Super Senators, who won last year's trade deadline, and then um, had to forfeit a first-round pick this season based on a Dadanov uh, no-trade clause that they ignored. So that's that's a first loss for them. Um, they fired their GM. They fired their coach. The new owner is pissed. Um, everything is bad in Ottawa right now. And apparently the locker room stinks too, as the Ottawa Senators are 19, 25, and 2. They played the least games in the conference. However, they are also really bad, and I don't think it's deniable at this point. Um, Jake, would you blow them up? Like, would you just blow it up and trade everyone if you were the Ottawa Senators, or do you keep going with this group? I think it's a good group. I haven't been able to watch too many of the games this year. I think one of the main problems is goaltending. Uh, they just signed Yunus Corpusawa to believe a six-year contract, and he has a 3.43 goals against with an 888 save percentage. Uh, Matt Sogard has been even worse. He's got a 5.09 goals against in 28 less games, but, uh, you know, hasn't been good. I think Tim Stutz was having an awesome year. Um, Tetruck's been good. Um, Tarasenko, you know, will probably fetch him something at the deadline. I would sell the guys like that are up there in age, um, but you know the Jake Sanderson contract still is a bit of a mystery to me. Uh, I wouldn't blow it up per se, but I would get rid of the guys who are getting up there in age. Who knows what they do with Shane Pinto? He's back uh, from his suspension. Um, I don't know who else you can really trade. Kubalik, if you can get something for him. Um, Matthew Joseph, but I don't think he'll get something for him. So um, I would try and get a right because i don't think they're co is their coach on an interim basis right yep he's interim through okay, the end of so year. they got to get that high right obviously trade what you can hopefully get you know obviously they might have to trade chicken as well he doesn't enjoy it there can't say i'm shocked um so get good guys back in return get a good coach get some goaltending 
I think they can be solid down the road, but I've been saying that for a long time. So, Probably. yeah, they're uh, they're not doing good. But AJ, I guess my question for you, is similar vein, how would you fix this? Let's say they make you the general manager of the Ottawa Senators tomorrow. Um, what do you do at this trade deadline, and how do you start putting a foundation to maybe either contend in twenty twenty four or maybe twenty twenty five if you've really that low on the team? You got to start off by getting rid of Chikrin, obviously. You could still get a nice haul for him. Get rid of Tarasenko. And you got to try to find your true number one goalie. I mean, every guy they get rid of turns out to be good. Joey Decord, good goalie now. Philip Gustafson has, you know, having a bit of a down year for what he was last year. But still, a good goalie. They could be using these guys. But they aren't. So, I guess you try to find that goalie. I know uh, it's kind of funny how the whole... Let's find our version of Aiden Hill by giving a guy $3 million isn't working for guy, for everyone. Like, everyone thought it would have been free agency. That was a big thing. Oh, don't sign Sorokin. I know, Sorokin hasn't been great, but come on. That whole that whole trend was stupid. They're, they're not even fine. I mean, I guess Giroux you can get rid of, too. You gotta look at Stutzel as your key guy. I don't think Brady Chuck's ruining the locker room by any means, but... If you can get a, a nice haul and maybe get some more, not depth players, but rather than having one star, if you could break it down to, like, in, let's say an A-plus, you get, like, an A-minus and a B player, two players to start trying to really solidify the younger core. It's kind of tough to get Brady Kachuk, though. He's so freaking good. It's tough. Drew's they're, in a, they're in a bad spot. Drew's having a really good year. He's got 42 points in 46 games. Uh, I would trade him if you can, but... Um, is a team going to be comfortable, you know, having him next year uh, at six and a half at his age? Um, right now, he is. Well, you retain 30... it. Yeah, they can retain it too. But like, I don't know. I mean, he's still giving you good production for a thirty-six-year-old. They'll obviously be thirty-seven next year. But you know, if it's retained, I think you can get a solid haul for that. I would certainly look into it. Um, yeah, they just died. <laughs> It's weird. I like them every. I like them every year, and then they just constantly disappoint me. It's like, I'm sure that's how their fans feel as well. <laughs> they must. Yeah, they probably feel a lot worse than you do. Uh, Pinto's going to be staying. They're going to give him a multi-year deal, probably three by three and a half. Maybe not three and a half, but they already said they're talking about doing a long-term deal with Pinto. Not a long, long-term deal, but uh, you know, more than one year. That was so stupid. That suspension. Yeah, it's a mess. Um, to move on to the next Canadian team here, uh, Montreal Canadiens, who recently beat the New York Islanders, um, you know, 20, 21, and 8, similar season to the Islanders, uh, where they're losing in overtime a lot. Um, second most overtime losses in the conference, I think they're tied with. But, you know, the Habs are starting to put it together. Um, Brendan Gallagher is a piece of shit for what he did the other week. In the purpose of being this up, just one question. So, AJ Slavkovsky. Um, Slavkovsky, Suzuki, Caulfield, uh, Reinbacher, Lane Hudson. Is this enough for a core for Montreal to proceed and you know try to kickstart this next year? Or do you think they need one more, more year of building after the season? Slavkovsky's been better, but he's still a jerk off for laughing at Rami. So screw that guy. It's it's definitely a core. I'm pretty big on uh, Hudson. He was really good in the juniors. I was a fan of watching him. We'll see. I think Cole Caulfield proving he's, you know, people were doubting him for some reason 
at points of the beginning of the year and last year. He's world-class. He's one of the best wingers in the league. Suzuki's really good, too. They're going to get a nice hole for Monaghan, so we'll see. I I would never count Montreal out. They're just like one of those teams that are always you know gritty and have that dog in them, so you, they could always turn up out of nowhere in a year or two, and no one would be too shocked, but they still got a ways to go, and I hope Jacai gets better at defense because he's such a fun player to watch. I know people have been saying he's been pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, he's been demoted a couple times because he's not good, but he has a lot of fun stuff and throws the body and stuff, which we know NHL locker room's value. Jake, anything quick on the Habs before we move into you and the Sabres? <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't know this, but they got a first-round pick in addition to Sean Monahan for future considerations, and he'll get them a whole. I've seen a lot of first-round talks of, you know, apparently the Rangers were interested, now they're not, but they get a first-round pick for next year, and it's Calgary's pick, so it might be, you know, top 10, and they will get future haul for Monaghan, so that, that's good business. Uh, Jacques, um, fun player, not a good player. He's gotten sent up and down a few times. Um, they've got a few good pieces, um, so... You know, I think it'll take another year. You know, they'll be better next year, I think, but I don't think they'll be a postseason team by any means. Yeah. Next up, the Super Buffalo Sabres. Um, <laughs> they were projected to make the playoffs, as always. Um, they've actually fought back into it now, where they are, you know, they're within eight points of the playoff picture. Um, I think they're nine back of the Red Wings, who would be the second wild card here. But, uh, Jake, what do you think about the Sabres this year? Do they have a legit shot of making the playoffs, or is no, their season no, done? No, no, They don't really have they anything bought... to sell off at the deadline. Um, all they have are those little little prospect guys that they have, <laughs> the, the tiny guys. Uh, but, yeah, I'll let you rep on the Sabres for a little bit here. Yeah, the vibes are bad. You know, they had good vibes last year. They were winning. You know, Tage Thompson scoring a bunch. He's been poor this year. I'm not saying he's bad by any means, but, you know, he hasn't been himself. Uh, Casey Metalstadt's been a very good player for them, but it's the same same issue as always. Not as bad. UPL has actually been playing to his potential, but Devin Levi wasn't ready. Who knew? Um, the defense, Connor Clifton was the worst, one of the worst signings in the offseason. Same with Eric Johnson. Uh, Ryan Johnson has been scratched for him, and Ryan Johnson's been playing. He's been solid. Um, they could trade Victor Olsen, but they've been trying to trade him for two years. No one wants him. Dylan Cousins took a step back. So this is just a team with, you know, so these prospects, like, actually take a huge step forward. Um, you know, it's going to be the same thing. Um, they actually have a goalie now, but, you know, it's the same issue. The goaltending, uh, the defense, uh, I think the coaching staff is a joke. Um, yeah. That's, that's, I mean, what else is there? Yeah. To say? Funny enough, <laughs> Granado was actually Vegas's favorite for next coach fired when Lambert was fired. So I think, I think Vegas at a time saw like, oh, yeah, the Islanders aren't firing Lambert and had Don Granado as the next coach fired. AJ, anything on the, on the super scary Sabres here before we move on? They stink. That's right. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm done with Sabres talk until the offseason where they'll be told, everyone will tell us they're the next great dynasty. I thought he was going to be fired because when I went to Buffalo, they were really bad. And then I went to the store and they had a Don Granado shirt on clearance. Oh, my God. This guy's gotten canned. But uh, he didn't. So Why? What if it's still on clearance? Why do they have a Don Granado shirt? Uh, it was a, it was, it's a Donnie Meatballs with meatballs. That's, That's so cringy. They are a very cringy franchise. Bye. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. I, I just... 
But I want a Jack Capuano t-shirt. That would be that would run fire back in the day. Yeah, I wonder if they'll even like. Are they gonna try to get a big fish fish coach to Buffalo? I, I don't really know how they go yeah, about this. Who's, who, who's gonna want to go to Buffalo? You know, a I don't know. Last time they tried Dan's Bilesma and it went terribly when he was the big fish. He actually ruined his career going there. So it's like I, I don't know what the Sabers do next. Uh, but they they need a real coach and they'll probably throw money at someone. Um, next up, the Washington Capitals. Scrappy, uh, this is going to be an AJ question. I've debated this with AJ on the pod before. But, you know, the million-dollar thing with the Capitals, and this isn't a nuanced question, Alexander Ovechkin, um, let me just get his actual goal total at the moment. Nine goals so far this season, still needing around 100 to catch up to Gretzky. AJ, do you think he's still on pace to do it, or do you think it's uh, over over Ovechkin here? He's not retiring until he gets it. He'll be 40. Uh, how old is he right now, you said? Sorry. He's 38, I 38. believe. He'll be 43. He's still going to go and get it. He's in good enough shape. Bearing injuries, of course. I really hope he gets it. It's going to be tough. It's certainly going to be tough, but there's a chance. I back him to do it. If there's anyone to do it, it's Alexander Ovechkin. And if there's anyone that deserves to do it, he probably should be the greatest goal scorer of our generation. You know, he's done a lot for the game. He's inspired a lot of kids. Off the ice, we won't get into but on the ice, he's one of the greatest to ever do it. So, Yeah, I don't think he does it. I think eventually he's going to get pissed off and leave. Um, do you think if he... I guess the Capitals just keep paying him what he wants till they get it, I guess, until he gets it? I mean, obviously the contract's going to keep going down and down for him. He wants to compete as well, but the Capitals are all in on getting him this, you know this achievement and it's probably the greatest achievement besides you know breaking the stanley cup record i mean beating wayne gretzky's goal record would be insane especially in the modern game where defenses were maybe not tougher at times but you know goaltending was more of a factor it wasn't like he was playing guys that were just you know standing up all the time the butterfly didn't really exist back then yeah, I just think, like, eventually, you know, if they have to pick between whole seasons or the guy getting, like, 15 goals, they'll have to make a choice, but he'll probably bounce back. Um, but I don't think he hits the record, or I think he's going to make it a lot more drawn out than it was supposed to be. I think he was, like, targeting, breaking it at, like, 40, 41. Now I think he's going to have to take till he's, like, 44 to get it if he stays at this pace. Um which who knows? Well, we'll see where they go. Jake, anything on the Caps? They've just kind of been mid. Uh, they're in 12th now. I don't really expect them to rise up much. As they currently said, I call them mid one point behind us in the standings. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, I mean, they're well coached, but the roster isn't, like, awesome. Uh, Patrick got hurt again. Um, yeah, Ken, Ken in our group chat was like, we should get Patrick ready. I'm like, he, he's going to get hurt if we get him. He's like, no, no, he won't. And then he got hurt a day later. So um, there's that. Uh, <clears throat> there's been some players that have been good for them, but they can sell off some guys that they really want to. Uh, I don't know what you can get for Anthony Mantha, but try and get him. They like Strom, and they extended Strom, so I'm not going to get rid of him. Uh, everyone went crazy over Conor McMichael having a hot start. Really hasn't done, any, done anything since then. So just not a good roster. They they need to you know get a good roster. Um, I think it's a good coach, but uh, – the roster's bad, and there's no way around it. Darcy Kemper contract's pretty rough. Yep. 
they were getting goaltending until they weren't, and they don't have a formula for sustainable goaltending. Uh, next up in 11th place, the New Jersey Devils. Uh, this is going on standings points, by the way, by point percentage. They might be a little bit ahead, but um, they just extended their general manager last week who um, did the great roster building of having the first overall pick two out of three years um, and signing Dougie Hamilton. And it worked really well for one year, and then it didn't. Um, Jake, what do you think of the Devils? Do you think they're still primed for a run of multiple Stanley Cups, or do you think this is a reality check for this team and where it's really at? So I, I will say this until it happens. This team is not going anywhere until they get goaltender. Uh, Nico Dawes has been bad. Vitek Vanacek's been bad. Kira Schmid has been bad and is not in the roster anymore. Um, you know, defenseman Dougie Hamilton is an important player. He's probably out for the season. Siegenthaler is important to them. He's out for a few months. You know, Brad Hughes to Foley, Hughesher, Hugh, the other Hughes, because there's two. Yay! Um, can only take him so far. Um, and I think that any behind the bench doesn't help either. So, uh, you know, I think they're just going to struggle. Uh, I don't know if the, I mean, there's nothing really in, like forward wise. They're not going to go getting forward. Um, I just think they should get a goaltender. Will they? I don't know. Maybe well, they'll get you, Lindy, Maybe they'll get out smiling. <laughs> I'll say thank you, Lindy. AJ, um, this one I'll give you a second a second question for. Um, buyers or sellers at the deadline for the Devils? They can't. Who are they going to really sell off is my question. To Foley? To Foley. They've that got his ass. Um, yeah, to Foley. I'm trying to think if they have anyone else expiring. I know the coach hates Holtz. Um, <laughs> seems like kind of a need a writer situation there uh, where they're picking between Lindy and Holtz. Let, let me just check the Devil's Cap friendly quick. But buyers or sellers, do you think they're buying? I think I think they're going to go about it in the smart way and listen to offers and not trade their first round pick. Maybe they'll, they really can't retool because they're all so young. Maybe they trade to Foley, but I think they're going to listen to offers. I don't think they're going to do anything too crazy, though. They've got Colin Miller also expiring, so you could get a get a little pick there for the Mill Dog. Um, Miller's alehouse himself. Um, next up, the Penasons. Over to you, AJ. <laughs> um, so the, I guess like there, there's some stuff you could talk about here. There's like Crosby's having an insanely good season for the Penguins. I don't think there's any denying that. Um, Shana Goldman wrote an article about him. Even if he has a no trade clause, he's having a pretty good year. Um, but as they commit to this older core in Pittsburgh, um, they have to make a big call on Jake Gunsel this this off season. Do you think we see Jake Gunsel trade before the trade deadline? And do you see the Penguins as buyers or sellers? I mean, it's tough. They're going to trade Gensel, in my opinion. They're not going to want to give him $10 million, which is stupid because they had to bring back Latang, they had to bring back Malkin, which I get, they're franchise legends, but there's no way you could let Jake Gensel walk away, man. He's so good, he's so talented. He's going to he's gonna get a little bit less than Nylander, and I don't think, I know Nylander had the hot start and all. Jake Gensel's a more well-rounded player than William Nylander. I don't think that's a debate at all by any means. I would love to have Jake Gensel on my team any day of the week. If you're trading Jake Gensel, it's a weird spot. It's a really weird spot for them. But I do think Gensel will get moved. So I guess sellers then, but I don't see him sell-selling. I think they're going to try to... It'd be stupid for them not to get any assets back for Gensel in a year where they're not going to 
you know, be guaranteed to make the playoffs. Yeah, it's crazy. Crosby's having, by a lot of statistics, one of the best years of his career, and they're not quite a playoff team yet. So if the wheels start falling off the bus for Sid, I think this might get really ugly. Um, but, you know, they beat us a couple times this season. If the Islanders had flipped those wins, we'd be in a much more comfortable position. So Devils do, I guess, good job do best on signing that Ryan Graves contract. Um <laughs> Next up, the Flyers, who, uh, you know, well, we haven't really got too much into the Hockey Canada stuff, but obviously New Jersey Devils lost two players uh, in the last week uh, due to sexual assault charges being brought up against them in Canada. Uh, Michael McLeod and I think one of the Foot brothers, um, Cal. Do you know, Cal. Cal, Cal Foot. Yeah, I just want to make sure I'm in the right, or I'm right there. Um, and then for the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, Carter Hart. You know, their goaltender, their franchise goalie brought up. Um, you know, I can't say it sucks for anyone because they probably had some kind of, you know, maybe, I don't know if the Flyers knew anything, but, you know, the writing was on the wall for years with this guy. He was on that team. Everyone knew it. But uh, with the Flyers, I mean, do you think, and this question's for Jay, do they convert into seller mode now? Because there's really, without um, you know the franchise-level goaltending they were getting, there's no real shot at this team doing anything in the playoffs. Uh, do you think they sell? And if so, who do they sell on the Flyers? Um, I think they, I don't know if they full-on sell, but I think they sell the guys that are probably on their way out. Morgan Frost is not liked by the coaching staff, which is not going anywhere. I think they trade Morgan Frost. I think they trade Sean Walker because you can probably get something for Sean Walker. Um, since Hart's been, you know, on leave, they've been really bad. I don't think they've won a game. Um, Sam Erson's been good in a backup role, but starting him and Kyle Peterson, that's not a, you know, kind of duo that you want um, for a playoff team. Um you can trade Nick Sealer if you want. He might get you something. He's a solid player. But anyone else, I don't think you can really trade. Maybe Cam Atkinson. But, you know, I just think they should stand pat, see what they can do. Maybe trade Morgan Frost because he's kind of on his way out, kind of see on Sean Walker. Um, they've been better. Coaching has made a big difference. But, um, you know, this unfortunate thing is, you know, turn their franchise in a completely different direction. Yeah. Fuck Carter Hart, by the way. Yeah, no, it's yeah, not, no, no, absolutely. It's not, 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 not for Carter Hart. Not for him, for their fans. I mean, you know, if, if something like that ever happened with Sorokin, I'd be so fucking pissed. But, like, you know, it, it obviously hasn't. And fuck Carter Hart for his involvement. Um, and hopefully the victim can rest a little easier and hopefully justice is brought here. But, uh, AJ, any care to spare a thought on the Flyers. I know they signed Owen Tippett to an extension, but this just isn't a fun topic of conversation right now with the kind of headline news around them. Yeah, it's rough. We got to see what's, you know, what's going to happen with them, obviously. Fuck Carter Hart. Other than that, kind of, we'll see. Torch is a great coach. This is kind of a, you know, soft. No, man. Yeah. Tippett was a good extension. Uh, I'll say that. Yeah. They they, uh, they extended Paling too. Um, it was a weird one, but they did. He had that four goal game in Montreal that one time. Um, next up, <laughs> the the Detroit Red Wings. I don't really have many thoughts on this team. Um, AJ, do you think they're legit or not, or are they just happy to be here in the playoff picture? They're they're fine. They're good. They have a good roster. 
I'm just going to remind everyone that, not that anyone cares that's listening, I got yelled at for hearing for saying Jonathan Berggren could get traded in the Debrinket trade, and Red Wings fans acted like he was Jesus Christ himself. Um, has he played an NHL game this year? Maybe. Uh, yeah, he's played nine. Oh, man, nine games. We can't trade this guy. Idiot. Five points in nine games. I That's like terrible. Detroit. I, I like the team. I like, I I like the fan Fuck base. Them. All right, well, you don't have to. I can. Screw you. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm known to... Like Mo Sider, obviously, because he's German. But fuck those fans that told me, oh, we can't trade Jonathan Berger, and he's the truth. He's the answer. Fuck you. That's crazy, yeah. No no franchises hugged prospects like these Red Wings fans. Um, <laughs> hey, some of them worked out. Raymond's been great this year, and Sider's been great this year. Two guys I really like. Yeah, two guys they took in the lottery. That's not like... I mean, it's not surprising, but it's like, you know... Yeah, I, I'd I know, like to have like, Raymond I'll, I'll, like I'll like the Rangers, and turn them into good players. Yeah, exactly. Not everyone can turn a first overall pick into a legitimate NHL player. Yeah, they love they love being able to take guys in the lottery, complain about not getting first overall. I don't know. I feel like they did a lot of weird team building stuff, and uh, maybe they'll pull themselves out of it. But, you know, Raymond's good. Cider's good. Cider's actually having a bit of a down year. But, hey, we'll, we'll see what happens here with uh, Detroit. Maybe they'll stop getting 930 goaltending from Alice Lyon. Huh. Interesting. Uh, do you think <laughs> they're going to make the playoffs, Jake? No. No, I don't think so either. Um, shout out the Iser plan, which finally is <laughs> in an okay spot. No, they're in They're in an okay spot. They're, they're starting to turn around, but I don't think they're really legit. Um, as they sit in the second wildcard spot now. Uh, next up, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um Pretty pretty kind of weird season for Toronto. They're 25-14 and 8 on the air. Uh, Matthews is on fire. He's probably a legit heart candidate. Um, most other years, if McKinnon wasn't going crazy, McCarr wasn't going crazy, and then like a bunch of other guys throughout the league were going crazy. But, you know, he might still win the heart, Matthews. Um, Nylander got extended, but AJ, I'll kick it over to you. If they have to kick out one of the big three after this season... I guess you can't even – do they get rid of Marner after the season if it doesn't go right for the Leafs? I don't, I don't even know what, what the Leafs are doing right now. Well, wasn't that the plan, I believe, Elliot was saying that they were going to get rid of Marner? They vetoed a trade a few years ago. Oh, no, that was they vetoed a trade to bring in Brandon Hagel and someone else. But I think they also – Dubas and Shanahan were disagreeing on trading Marner. I think Dubas was trying to get rid of Marner and Shanahan wasn't. Uh, you got to pick between. It's really not picking. You just sign Nealander. I think Nealander was the guy to get out, but they everyone got zapped in by his really hot start, and he's a great player. I think Marner's is a better two way player, which you need in the playoffs. Ironically, Marner does disappear in the playoffs. There's the argument to be made there. Um, I guess Marner's the guy out now that they just signed Nealander, and they still really don't have a goalie. I mean, don't worry. Sensational Samsonov had two victories <laughs> in the world. Like, and... Wall could be good, but I'm not sold. Oh, Wall well, solidly. He has a long term injury. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm not. This is the least interesting year of the Leafs in a while. Um, probably the least I've disliked them too. But like, they're just same old year in Leafsland. They're yeah, valuable. Um, 
Next up, a team that's kind of in the wild card hunt, also kind of secure Tampa Bay. Um, you know, they they announced the other week they're not trading Stamco, so nothing of intrigue there. Um, same old Tampa team, a little bit ahead of Toronto in the standings technically, but, you know, I think they're wild card one on point percentage. Um, Jake, is this Tampa team going to make a deep push here, or is this just kind of riding out the good vibes from the team that won back-to-back cups a few years ago? Uh, I think they'll make it, but I don't think they'll win around. They're going to go as far as Nikita Kucherov and Brain Point, and kind of the core brings them. Kucherov is 85 points that this year. That's pretty pretty insane. Uh, Hedman struggled last year, but he's been a lot better this year. He's got 50 points this year. Uh, Hagel's been a surprise. Other than that, nobody's been you know out of this world. Tanner Janot, that was that made no sense to me. Sergeyev has been in and out of the lineup due to injuries. Well, has been too impressive. Um, I just came in. Did you have Calum DeHaan? Um, no comment on that. Just, He's been uh, good. He's been good for them. Big big bro. Big bro. Darren Radish has um, been very good for them, too. I don't want to talk about Darren Radish right now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I really – this I knew Kucherov was having an outstanding season, but 85 points is nuts. And I took John Carlson over him in fantasy. That was uh, – that was that was bad by me, but um, I think they'll make the playoffs. But I don't think they have enough to win around. Um, I think it's slowly coming to an end here. We'll see what happens with this whole Stamkos thing. Yeah, Kudrov probably the most underrated player of a generation. Um, you know. He's still great. Team's still great. They probably don't have the juice in the playoffs, but we'll see how Dassey holds up. Um, AJ, over to you for the Carolina Hurricanes. With the Canes, they've had an up-and-down season. They're starting to rally here. Um, do you go out and get a legitimate goaltender at the deadline? And if so, who do you get? I mean, John Gibson's the obvious answer. I think they they could fight and be the best team in the East. I don't think that would shock anyone. If they could stay healthy, they probably have. They definitely have the best decor in the East. Um, Spetsnikov's been very good when he's healthy. He's been hurt, I think, two times this year, but he is almost. He's. I think he has twenty-seven games played and thirty points. They have a good team. Uh, the scoring is lacking a little bit. Seth Jarvis is their second leading scorer. Good player. They could use. They could use a Tarasenko, who they almost signed in free agency. So we'll see what they do there. And then they have to figure out what defensemen they're getting rid of this offseason. Yep, they do have to make that call because they've overloaded with now Orlov, D'Angelo. They have a crazy amount of mid-defensemen, or good, oh, okay, the good defensemen making a lot of money. Um, next up, Nye Rangers, um, you know, kind of had a good start to the season starting to fall off a lot of fans questioning the heart of this group as they continue to tail off um you know shout out philip hope he feels better um it's genuinely unfortunate he's not going to be able to continue his career playing at a high level um as what the looks of it from kind of ranger sources is but uh jake does this rangers team look any different in the playoffs this year with laviolette or is the bump over and are they going to fall back no it's it's the same old shit first off um Hopito's okay. Very scary situation. Um, had a concussion, I believe it was November. Um, went back to his homeland of Czech Republic to um, kind of rehab, um, get his head right, came back. Um, was going to practice, and he got hurt almost right away. Uh, he's missing the season. Um, a lot of rumors thinking he might retire. Um, I hope that's not the case because he's such a young player. Um, 
So hopefully, just, you know, he just takes the year to kind of reset, um, and then maybe next year he can come back. But uh, obviously, a scary situation. But this is the same Ranger team. Um, you know, Panarin's been very good. Don't get me wrong, but I'm sure once playoffs hit, um, he'll be back to the same old Panarin. Igor has been embarrassing this year, um, and he has to get extended. Uh, Eight nine nine save percentage this year. John the Quick has genuinely been genuinely been better. Um, you know, uh, Mika's been horrible. Uh, he is not a first-line center. He is not worth $8.5 million. Um, Keandre Miller hasn't been great. Um, yeah, this there's no one. They, these Rangers don't scare me at all. It's going to be the same thing in the playoffs. And the Rangers fans are like, they need to blow it up. They need to blow it up. I'm sick of this core. I'm sick of this core. And then Panarin will get 80 million points in the first week. And they're like, oh, no, they're pretty good. It's not. It's the same old stuff. I don't know why these fans keep falling for it. Clearly, a gutless franchise and a gutless team. Um, you know, poor Mike Pekka. Well, what a poor career decision. Uh, but they'll always have that. The you know one month stretch of Panarin playing really good in November and uh, lifting the Stanley Cup uh, when it was awarded at the end of November, as we all know. Um, but yeah, they might be in free fall here. They've been playing stinky, but no one else in the Metro wants to grab them by the horns and tear them back down. But hopefully the Islanders, we have three games against them as the you know rest of the season progresses. Hopefully we can catch up some ground on them and uh, you know do some good stuff. Next up, just to kind of wrap it here, because I'm not really too interested in either of these teams, but the Bruins and the Panthers. AJ, I'll consolidate into one. Which one of these two teams is the best team in the East, uh, if at all, and anything interesting to note for either of these two? I think the Hurricanes are better than them. Okay, that's a good take. That's an interesting take. They've been on fire recently. They're going to pass the Rangers. Not that the Rangers are good either. I think the Hurricanes are just more well-rounded. They have the depth, too. Um We'll see. Boston can get a lot better at the deadline. They need centers. They could use a Brock Nelson. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But we'll see. They just don't have anything that interests me in their pool. Really, it's it's tough. I know to make a trade with them. I was like, I was looking at it. The only thing that's really intriguing, and I don't think they're gonna give. Excuse me, give him up is a Portois. Portois. Patra. Patra. Same shit. And uh, Parker Weatherspoon, give him back. I yes, give me back Parker. Uh, dude, he's been uh, Bruins fans have been talking about that. He's been one of the best defensemen this year. It's it's fucking nuts. I, it sucks. Baka, yeah, but that's that's <laughs> his talk. Uh, nothing, nothing really too much. Nothing really to note in the West. But you know, we we kind of talked about it. It's an unserious conference. It doesn't really start getting serious till Carolina at four. Even then, the Rangers at three aren't super serious. Tampa, I don't think, you know, I think most people could see them maybe missing the playoffs. Toronto is probably a lock, but there still seem to be three spots here up for grabs. And why not us? Like, you know, let's say just at this moment in time, what percentage do you have the Islanders of making the playoffs? AJ, I'll kick it over to you first. I'll give them a 40% chance. It's not good. It's not great, but it's doable. Jake, you're up next. I will go 55. I think what we've seen from Patty Waugh has been encouraging, but it's up to the players now. Um, it's up for them to get it done. I think they will. I think the Flyers are really going to keep skidding, so I think they'll take that spot pretty soon. I'm not scared of the Penguins or the Devils. Um so they got to lock up the third Metro spot. The wild card gets a little tricky just because of the Atlantic division. So I think they just got to get third in the Metro. Um, yeah. Um, got to start winning. I mean, you can only, you can only do the, um, 
num num thing for so long. It's yeah, been fun. It's been I you know if they get the record I'll I'll laugh, but if they get the record and they don't make the playoffs, I'll be pretty fucking livid. Yep. Um, you know we might fill ourselves up on loser points, but. You know, the right now money puck gives us an 11% chance. I'm going to go gut feeling 45% kind of split the middle between you two. I feel good about it. Not great. I mean, you know, hopefully the team can pick a direction and win a couple games in a row. They've refused to do it all season, but hopefully the February Islanders show their head. And, you know, that was a great month for them last year. So hopefully they're able to turn it back up here. Uh, But, you know, that's kind of where we can wrap. Um, Anyone have anything else before I wrap us here? Nope. No, um, 1% is a little low. The Flyers at 60%, just no. no, no yeah, the model doesn't have independent thought, but it's The model is bad. Yeah, the the Pittsburgh's bad. at 62, stop. Um, yeah, they're in love with the Penguins. Uh, but anyway, well, we'll wrap the pod there. You can follow AJ on Twitter, at Davido Hockey. You can follow Jake on Twitter, at Prime Jakey. You can follow myself on Twitter, at Ryan Martin. Thanks for sticking around with us for a more classic Skates of the Stakes episode tonight. Really appreciate you guys. Follow the pod on Twitter, at Skates and Stakes. Give us five stars on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, if you can. Really appreciate you guys, and let's go Islanders, and we'll see you in the second half of the season. Peace.